the state crime lab director, Larry Howard, kind of had it right. He said, it could be a homicide. I don't believe it's a hoax, but this blood belongs to someone. Someone. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad. We're a podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and trying to raise our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. We are your hosts, Woody Brown and Tyler Benz. Dude, you're sounding much healthier, I gotta say. I don't yeah. want to jinx it, but you sound a lot better than you did. Mm-hmm. Heck. Two days yesterday. Yeah, it was bad. So bad. Uh, urgent care, bronchitis, steroid shot, z you know, all the antibiotics. It's been really bad. And it's like, I feel like I got better and then it got worse. Yeah. I feel like I'm your, I'm, I feel like I'm my mom and, and I'll just like text Tyler every now and then just be like, hey man, make sure you're drinking plenty of fluids. <laughs> yeah, you really do. Plenty of rest. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, uh, I'm a caretaker. I'm a, I'm a cleric by trade. You really are. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of clerics, boy, we could really use one in that party, huh? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. In our D and D, folks, we're talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. We recently had an epic conclusion to this sort of phase of our um, our campaign that I've written from scratch. And it's good and bad. The good is, I, as I'm sure you can tell, in a lot of ways focus so much on minor details that sometimes don't matter, but sometimes do matter. And the fact that I can't really tell which ones are going to matter or not matter equals I spend a lot of time sort of building up this story and stuff Mm -hmm. and uh, stressing out and all that. So anyhow, we won't get into it here, but we'll probably talk about it a little bit on the, uh, on the old Patreon Mm -hmm. today, dude, God, you know, folks, you know, those moments when you're like, how have I never heard of this before since it's basically right in my backyard, essentially? You mean never heard of it? Never heard of it. Mm-hmm. You know, this week we stumbled upon this story that happened right here in Atlanta yep. in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm just speaking for myself here. I've never, I'd never heard of this. Never heard at of all. It. I, you never I, heard of it either? I think I sit you... Was it what? Yeah, you like sent me an article and I was like, dude, we've got to cover this. And yeah. we had a lot of other things that we wanted to, to mm-hmm. kind of get to before this uh, in season three. But then it's like, dude, we have to, I mean, we have to cover this. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it really is one of those things that, I mean, this, once we get into it, this story is so uh, just, just rife or ripe uh, <laughs> with all the things that we, we love, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it takes place in 1987. It's, you know, 45 minute, an hour away from our house. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, it's this sort of unexplainable, still to this day, as far as I, yeah. I can yeah. tell, it, it's just this unexplained high strangeness. And it's, it is fascinating. Let's jump in, dude. Get it. Okay. 
Today, we're going to dive into a story that is, to me, equal parts horror movie and, well, I mean, intrigue and thriller. Mm -hmm. It all started in 1987. An elderly couple in Atlanta, Georgia, were terrified to discover blood oozing out of the walls and floors of their home. This is the true story of Minnie and William Winston, the supernatural event that plagued them in their humble abode that has come to be known as The Blood House at Fountain Drive. In September 1987, Minnie Winston was a 77-year-old woman living alone with her 79-year-old husband, William. She'd been acting as his caretaker since his health had begun to decline. The house is located at 1114 Fountain Drive in Atlanta, Georgia. It's only a few blocks away from Booker T. Washington High School. Just around the corner, there's a community church, and it's about a half mile away from the famous Morehouse College. Mm. It's a small and cozy home that was built in 1945, and from the outside, absolutely, seemingly normal. In other words, there's no black candles in the window or anything like that. Mm -hmm. On the evening of September 8th, however, Minnie stepped out of the bath and noticed blood seeping up through the floor. She rushed to call for her husband, who was asleep in their room, and it seemed all of a sudden that the bloody substance wasn't just confined to the bathroom. As William joined his wife in the search for the source of this blood, they found more droplets and puddles in their living room, kitchen, crawl space, one of the bedrooms, hallway, and the basement. Initially, the pair first thought that perhaps a small, wounded animal had found its way into their house. But they found no other evidence of this in their search. The dialysis machine that cleaned William's blood in lieu of functioning kidneys was even checked for a leak. But none was found. Obviously confused and certainly frightened, the Winstons decided to call 911 for police assistance. The first emergency service to arrive at the house were the EMTs. They meticulously checked the elderly couple for missing wounds or cuts on their bodies. Next to arrive were the police and Brenda Dipple, a lab tech tasked with collecting the blood. The police asked whether there were other people in the home and found that Minnie and William were honest in their insistence that it was only the two of them. The couple had locked their doors at 9.30 p.m. that evening and then set their security alarm, preventing any intruders. It was around 11.30 that night when the first droplets of blood began to appear. Police had no idea how to help or what was happening. They didn't find any signs of homicide or even a crime of any kind. The lab results confirmed that the liquid was indeed human blood. The case was eventually closed without any explanation or evidence of crime. However, one paranormal enthusiast, Kurt Rowlett, decided to investigate further and attempted to uncover the truth behind the mysterious and bizarre event, but was never able to. 
The case of Minnie and William Winston remains one of the most mysterious and unexplained events, certainly in Atlanta's history, but perhaps around the world. The thought of blood pouring out of the walls and floors of a home seems like something that you would see in an 80s horror movie, not in real life. This was the Winston's reality. Despite the investigation and the lab results, the source of the blood was actually never found, and the case remains a mystery to this day. Need support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Pretty good place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. vampire. You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. I mean, that's just crazy, right, man? Yeah, dude. Um, so th- this, you know, even just from the title of, like, The House That Bleeds, just at, like, first glance, it already has, like, an air of, I mean, sort of high strangeness. Like, to me, you know, I, I feel like I'm the kind of guy who I, I feel like I naturally have, like, an answer to whatever question is asked. But it's these these rare sort of cases like this that I have no idea. I mean, it is, and it, it also feels kind of 80s, like horror movie yeah, on its face anyway, which is cool. But man, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's very, very bizarre. I mean, I'll have to look up the dates, but is this where Matt Groening got the inspiration for the first Simpsons Halloween special? Mm. Didn't that happen, you know? Yeah, could be. It happened on one of them. I don't remember if it if it was the uh, the thing. And we'll, in, in a minute, we'll get into some other accounts that are similar to this. But what's interesting to me, man, that I didn't really say just now is that, yes, the lab results confirmed the, that the liquid was human blood. Mm-hmm. But here's something that's interesting. It was type O, which neither Minnie or William had. See, that's the best part. That's insane. That's amazing. Because I know people listening to this story, and, and again, we'll kind of go over some of the other things that can happen 
that appear mm-hmm. to be blood and that can really truly happen in your home. But you might be listening to this and thinking, well, it's got to be something else, right? Mm-hmm. But all of it was tested. It was human blood and it wasn't theirs. Got here, you know, I, again, admittedly have been just really consuming a lot of true crime content lately. Dude, me too, man. Just imagine being a police officer responding to this call. You've got elderly folks. I mean, the first thing that you're thinking is, these folks just killed some guy, man, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then you see him, and they're like, okay, 77, 79, this guy's got a dialysis machine. You know, another thought would be, and I think some of the theories behind initially where this was coming from was, well, maybe like a tube or something happened with the dialysis machine, mm-hmm. and it just kind of sprayed blood everywhere or something like that. Right. Entering into this home with that amount of blood everywhere, boy... I mean, that would be, and then it's almost midnight probably by the time they get there. Right. You're in downtown Atlanta. Uh, you know, I mean, this is, this location is in the heart of Atlanta. I'm sure it was a little, it was probably a little scary, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and, and also, I mean, so you set the stage, you know, nicely there, but just to sort of reiterate, I mean, these, these, this couple is almost in their eighties, you know, they're living yeah. by themselves. The woman kind of, Gets the husband ready for bed. Uh, from the sound of it, he wasn't in too good of health, you know, so she probably, mm-hmm. you know, t- made him take his his nightly medicine, you know, got him his water, used the restroom, got him kind of down for the night. You know, the alarm was set at 9.30, so nobody's coming in, nobody's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she takes, she goes in to take a shower, gets out of the shower, and it was also, you know, her quote was, you know, when she looked down, she saw that it was it was red coming out from between the the bathroom floor tiles, and seemingly spraying through the bathroom's tiled floor like a sprinkler. She described to the press. Good lord, man! And so, what's interesting too is then she would you know she would sort of become alarmed because you know obviously your your first thought is hey we're the only two people here. I just got out of the shower. My husband's in the bed. It it's got to be him. It's you know something's something's going on. So I'm sure she was, you know, a little panicked. She goes out into the hallway. It's all coming out of the 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 floor of the hallway and on the walls. Goes to see her husband. I don't think there was any blood in his room, which was yeah, sort of bizarre. Interesting, yeah. Um, and, you know, like Woody said that, you know, the cops wouldn't get there until almost midnight. The cops get there, and keep in mind, the alarm is still on. It was set at 9.30, and they check all through the house. There was blood in the in the crawl spaces. Mm-hmm. There was blood. Basement, hallway. Yeah, basement, hallway, kitchen. It was like it 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 was just like it was seeping out of mm-hmm. out of everywhere, you know? Yeah. And and I know I described the house as being like, you know, small and cozy. I mean, this is a six bedroom house. You, you know, I looked it up on Google Earth and and by the way, it, it since the eighties it hasn't been torn down or anything and these folks actually lived there until, uh, you know, I guess they passed away, mm-hmm. you know, and there haven't been any other incidents reported. Heck, I wonder, you know, things like this, I wonder if the current owners even know about it. And, you know, mm. obviously kind of like we've said with a lot of these cases where there's an actual address, you know, I think it goes without saying to say, you know, don't go pester these people if you happen to be right in town or whatever. But it's just interesting, man, because another thing that happened is 
so this investigator, I think he was like a hobby writer and, and all this. I mean, there were articles about this in the Atlanta Journal uh, Constitution. Mm-hmm. So it was in the local news. But this guy kind of wanted to do his own investigation. So he went out there, he interviewed Minnie, uh, the wife. Mm-hmm. And I remember she said that she was, or he wrote that she was adamant that the substance was actually, quote, rust and mud mixed with water. He believes that she said that because you know, this was some time after all the attention had kind of died down and that she just didn't want to relive the the publicity of this case and also was a little bit in denial, you know, because you think about it when you're at that age, you know, the last thing you want to do is have to move to another house. I mean, that's the last thing I want to do and I'm not that age. Right. Um, moving sucks. Oh, my God. Okay. Especially if you're in your 80s and your husband's Yeah, how much stuff you get. I mean, think about all the D&D miniatures I'm going to have when I'm 80. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and just shelves of VHS. So she's probably just kind of like a little bit lying to herself a little bit, you know, and not really admitting potentially that it was blood. Because like I said, this is one of those interesting things. And part of the reason why I wanted to cover it so bad was... The lab tests, mm-hmm. it was human blood and it wasn't theirs. So what on earth yeah. could it have been? Well, and not only not only was it sent to the local crime lab, but then it was sent off further to the Georgia State Crime Lab, which is like the, you know, that's where, you know, if there's like, you know, serial killer evidence and stuff, like it's going to, it's like the, the top of the top, you know, testing facility as far as that stuff goes. Yeah. And they both came back conclusive that it was it was typo, which, you know, to to your point about, like, her saying it was just, like, rust and, and uh, you know, water or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, like, there's a clear, you know, delineation of, of, like, rusty, you know, sort of thin water and then, like, thick, like, blood, you know. But yeah. I, I think it was... Because from what I gather, too, she... Well, both of them were, you know, for a good while there were like reporters and like, you know, like a, like a paranormal investigators trying to get in and like, mm-hmm. it was just like this big thing, which I mean, I get it, you know, it's like, especially in the 80s when, when a lot of this stuff is not really in the mainstream, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this is fascinating and it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like the Amityville house. It's like, man, if I could just get in there. Mm-hmm. And do some testing. We could get some, <laughs> you know, yeah. some I real evidence. Some readings. Yeah, right, yeah. right. But I, I think, I don't know. To me, my first thought with this, and the, part of the reason that I thought it was so fascinating is there's something about this that immediately draws my mind to, like, the Kentucky meat showers mm. and, like, it raining blood in in a town in Scotland and, like, the you know, the 20s or 30s. Mm-hmm. It's like those weird sort of like super high strangeness sort of situations where there's just there's just no explanation. Yeah. And I mean, just like you folks listening potentially, my initial reaction is like, well, you know, come on, man. These folks are like almost 80. Mm-hmm. They see something that's a little reddish in color and maybe a little more viscous than just water. Right. And they think... Oh my God, it's blood. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, right out of the gate, I'm like, oh, I'm sure it's not, you know, but they're mistaken and, you know, poor things. Yeah. I just can't get past the fact that lab tests show that yeah. it was actual blood and not just a little bit of it, 
so some of the theories that have come about, and again, this is something that is to this day an unsolved mystery. These are so dumb. No, what? The, the theories. Well, I mean, some of them are cool. Like one of the theories is that it was, of course, like some kind of haunting spirits, poltergeists, mm-hmm. um, something like that. Mm-hmm. Although both had never reported experiencing any kind of supernatural phenomena in their home before or ever in their lives mm-hmm. and never again afterwards. Yeah, But right. some of the other sort of more sort of, um, I don't know, some of the other theories were, one, that the blood was like a cruel prank played by someone within the Winston family. According to some of the accounts, there's some tension between the elderly couple and their adult children. You know, some people think, okay, look, William had this, uh, he was a kidney dialysis patient and his daughter worked at a hospital. So technically they both had potential access to other human blood. Another theory that was actually kind of thought of by the police at the time was that either the Winstons did this hoax in order to get some attention from their children or that their daughter did it so that she could have her parents sort of legally declared right. mentally incapacitated so that she would have access to their to their finances. Mm-hmm. But again, those theories were investigated, never proven, and so they they closed the case. Now, whenever I think about things like this, and especially seven, you know almost eighty year olds, it, I find it real. It that is actually harder for me to believe mm-hmm. that they would just be mo- motivated to, you know, just pour blood all over their house mm-hmm. for the heck of it. It's more believable to me that like, like the one about like the daughter trying to get access to the finances that that. Is well, yes, I, I I'm with you on that. Like to me, that was the most sort of I don't believe it per se, but like the, the okay, the there's like motive there, right? And I think I think there could be something to that, but I, again, we we have to go back to the fact that like you know she made sure everything was cool. She would have walked through that hallway, you know, turned the alarm on. So nobody, oh, and then that was the thing too, is when the cops got there at, you know, almost midnight, they did a full search of the house. Nobody's in the house. Nobody's coming in or out. You know, the alarm isn't isn't uh, triggered or anything. And she gets in the bath. And then also it's like if this was a hoax, hoax by like the daughter or other kids or whatever, you know, it's like, so you're telling me they're also going to like sneak into the bathroom while she's taking a shower and like, put blood on the floor, but it wasn't just put on the floor. It's like she said that when she, she like stepped down onto the floor, it, it was coming through. Seeping from the floor. Like yeah. a sprinkler, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how, and, how is that happening? And then also, if it is the kids, what would be the motive to not only do it in the bathroom, but then the kitchen, the basement, the, mm-hmm. the crawl space areas that nobody's ever going to check to look in. Yeah. It just doesn't make uh, any sense to me. It's weird. And I mean, kind of circling back to my recent obsession with true crime, I got to say, you know, people will surprise you in the worst ways, <laughs> you oh, know? Yeah. yeah, true. And, and so, man, I mean, I, I've, I've seen a lot recently of like these folks that you wouldn't imagine how insane and how stupid people are mm-hmm. thinking that I guess they're not going to get caught just so they can like take advantage of like their spouse or their parents' life insurance policy. You right. Know? So, well, the, I'm not the, saying this. I'm just saying, like, I think that that's a great 
uh, theory, you know, because I, I love theories because then that sort of entices you to kind of investigate them. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they kind of start, you know, crossing off a little bit. And the police obviously investigated that. And at the end of the day, the children of these folks never got the financial benefit from this hoax, if that was the case. Right. It's just so strange, man. Another detail that I didn't say earlier, but I want to make sure people know just in case, you know, your mind is just working out there. They also didn't own any pets. So it wasn't Mm -hmm. like maybe their dog or cat or whatever, you know, started bleeding. It's just weird. Right. Well, the, the, the other thing that's a little... I don't know. I mean, maybe I just, I I have like a bias to this just because it's like, I don't know, being in this stuff, being in sort of the paranormal and fringe and, you know, whatever stuff for years, it's like you always hear about these, these like magazines or newsletters or whatever. And it's like a lot of these theories came out of the 1994 newsletter, which is called the Georgia Skeptics Newsletter. Which yeah. can, can you believe there was just like a newsletter for skeptics? Yeah, I don't just I, in Georgia. I don't get that. I don't. It's like, hey, let's let's like come up with a publication that's that our sole purpose is just to like disprove things. Mm-hmm. I just don't get it. But but anyway, so the majority of of their belief in that is the fact that like, oh well, Willie Winston. The, you know, the husband who was almost in his 80s and on like severe dialysis, you know, he was on dialysis. So he would have clearly had access to human blood. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's not how that works. Like, yeah, just because it, I don't know. It was, it's just such a, like, what do you say a lot on the show? It's like, yeah. it's like the leap from that to that is, is just as far as the leap from like it being like some sort of possible paranormal you know, type thing. It's just, I don't know, it's kind of silly to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this kind of reminded me of, you You mentioned some things earlier, but immediately this, I knew, I was like, man, you know, I, I know flipping through the books on our, on our shelves mm-hmm. that we've kind of seen this kind of stuff. I remember even as a kid seeing things like this. So I kind of want to go over some of the ones that I found even pretty recently. Let me go, let me start with one that's like, really, I think it was 2022, as a matter of fact, Mm. recent, okay? Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, this goes back to part of the reason why I don't think these folks would have um, been as motivated as someone nowadays is things like TikTok didn't exist. Right. You know, this lady talked, I mean, it was clear that she didn't like all of the attention that they were getting at that house. In contrast, nowadays, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, there's a guy on TikTok, who says he's a time traveler? Uh, I but mean, a God, couple we've in got, their we've, 80s, though. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, that's what I'm saying. But this one that I'm about to talk about mm-hmm. is a case where it starts pretty scary, man. So this girl on TikTok walks into the, her bathroom for the first time in the morning, you know, before she made this thing. And she takes a picture of what looks to be like blood dripping from her bathroom walls. Mm. I mean, pouring down. Obviously shocked. I mean, it's like red. It's it's dripping down from her bathroom cabinet onto the walls, just like something you'd expect to see in a scary movie slash what I would expect the Winstons experienced. So this lady on TikTok made a video, obviously, and it kind of went viral 
All right. She's a college counselor in California. And initially, she says that she dismissed it as a stain caused by her messy brother. But then she became more suspicious when it kept happening. Mm. The initial stain had actually doubled in size. And the liquid, it's like, it's as if it was like actually sort of bleeding. So obviously, man, she was like freaked out. She she kept posting stuff. I mean, this, I mean, she went from like, she all of a sudden like blew up, right? 80,000 followers on social media. And that one video of the bleeding has like 6.2 million views. Mm-hmm. A lot of people interested, right? A lot of people had theories like, you know, hey, it's time to move. Your house is uh, having its time of the month. Your bathroom is ready for Halloween. Another one said, you need to leave. Satan is coming for you. So she basically started doing some sleuthing of her own and talked with her parents and that kind of thing. She explored the cabinet a little closer. And there were areas essentially around the cabinet that she noticed that had like pieces of metal that were overlapped kind of close to where this like sort of more um, almost coagulated looking blood was. And what she came to find out was that due to condensation mixed with rust and years of no, like her bathroom, this is one of those old sort of structures where the bathroom has zero ventilation in it. Mm -hmm. No windows, no like bathroom fan or anything. It's just like all this stuff. And that can cause rust in sort of cold metal to liquefy. And that was what was seeping out. But Looking at the pictures in the video, I mean, it legitimately looks like blood now. But would you not be able to, like, like I get all that. And I've seen rust where it's, like, pretty bright yeah, the, red. Mm-hmm. But, but like, the viscosity, though, how does... Yeah, I, I guess, I like, because it's all, like, just built up over time. By the time it finally seeps out, it's... Uh, yeah, but the, that wouldn't cause, like, a gelatin-type effect. Not gelatin, but it would be, like thicker because it's just like that that um you know moisture and rust by the time it's that built up all that moisture from that room Mm. right Mm -hmm. mixed in with water i mean you should see the pictures of this i'll show you i mean while you're looking at that i the thing that sucks about like as we get further into modern age is like you know i mean I, i would consider myself somewhat of a true believer you know i I like to, to, you know, put some sort of belief in a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's like, man, when it comes to that, and it comes to like, you know, internet, like videos going viral and like, mm-hmm. like these, you know, these quote unquote, like millennials or Gen Zers or like these kids these days, like everybody's, it's just such a different culture. Yeah. Then what? It's also so easy to fake stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So this whole thing could have been... Do what? Like her... This whole thing could have been like her just making it up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That's why like my first thought in any of this stuff is like, oh, it's just somebody trying Mm -hmm. to be like internet famous. Now, it's funny that you say that because rewinding the clock just a little bit, this was back in 2015 and same sort of deal. This guy wakes up, his name's Thomas Kennedy, mm-hmm. and he kind of notices that there's this red liquid dripping from behind a cupboard and didn't know what the heck was going on. He kind of, at first, this is in Oklahoma, 
And his son was actually the first one that noticed it and kind of wiped it away and was just like, ah, oh, you know, whatever. And then as soon as they cleaned it up, the liquid would quickly reappear. Mm. Mr. Kennedy remembered his son saying, Daddy, what is that coming down the walls? There was almost like these three rivers of this reddish-brown liquid flowing down. And it was kind of getting close to an electrical socket as well before disappearing behind like a towel work backsplash. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't really figure out like where this was coming from. Mm-hmm. And so he called the police. And immediately, officers that responded to the scene identified this as blood. You know, nowadays, it's a little bit different than 87. These crime scene investigators have a lot more access to things that can oh, yeah. show that, hey, this is actual human blood. Right? Yeah, you don't have to send, like that. send it to a crime lab. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so they went upstairs. And so this was kind of like a, uh, it was in an apartment. They go upstairs and they find Mr. Kennedy's neighbor dead. Whoa. The cops said that it, uh, their initial theory was that the man upstairs had fallen, busted his head open, that and that sort of, so, you know, kind of gross to, to say, but that gaping wound was just pouring blood oh. and soaking into the floors and then, then into the walls, and that's what was dripping down wow. these walls. Yeah. Huh. So there's another example of, you know, sure, in some cases, it could be <laughs> rust. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in this case, it was actually blood. Yeah, that's, man, that's a, uh, Yeah, that's pretty, uh, pretty intense. Yeah. Uh, speaking of like, uh, this just popped in my head and it's a little off topic, but have you guys seen, it's on like Apple TV, that show Blackbird? Uh, no. Dude, if, I mean, that needs to be your next true crime show. I mean, it's like intense, but it is mm-hmm. fascinating. And the acting is like superb. Dude, the serial killer, like, I've never seen this guy before. Like, okay, don't tell me anything. It's else. amazing. Okay, yeah. cool. Here are a couple other, I think we'd need to do our due diligence mm-hmm. here and talk about some of the other ways, some non demonic reasons, so that anybody listening to this, if you happen to, See red liquid on your wall. You don't just immediately go, you know, insane or like get completely freaked out. There are some other reasons. One, like I mentioned, the uh, rusted metal and moisture that builds up can cause Mm -hmm. that. There's also some, because especially like bathrooms are so damp environments that they can harbor a lot of microscopic growth and stuff. Algae, for example, Especially if you don't have good ventilation. So that's a big issue here in the South as well. And, and, and before you go on, I, I wonder if that is what is uh, helping produce some of the, like, the thick viscosity of it. I wonder if it's a little bit of like mold type. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that probably like can contribute to the like texture being a little thicker like blood. Yeah. Essentially, this, this home um, site is what it's talking about. Um, it, it, it does talk about like just that essentially the reason why the rust is able to kind of like run down like that is it's just like years and years mm. potentially of just built up moisture. Mm-hmm. And by the time it does, it's just like gunk and rust and just yeah. like, it's so disgusting if you really think about it. Yeah. I mean, again, go- mildew and you know, oh yeah, all that. 
you know, going back to like the Winston's house, like, again, just the fact that it was in all these different areas, I think sort of set this apart from like sort of an isolated like room, you know? Oh, for sure, man. Just all over the place. Yeah. So I also found some stuff in some of the old publications that we have on our shelves and in and, and books and stuff. And this one comes from a, uh, a magazine in 1954. And uh, it's interesting. It's entitled Bleeding Saint, Weeping Virgin. And it goes like this. Two religious miracles, a statue which bled and one which wept, had the people of Europe agog as the year 1953 came to a close. Four days after Christmas, on December 29th, 1953, a wooden statue of St. Anne, the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary, began to bleed after receiving an injury inflicted accidentally, although in anger by its new owner. Mm -hmm. Jean Salade, the 40-year-old manager of the hotel in the little town of uh, Entrevaux, France, only 40 miles from Nice, purchased the statue in an antique shop for the equivalent of about $3.50 in U.S. currency. Upon bringing it into the hotel, he set it down on the floor of the hotel dining room. Eh, weird place to put it, but no okay. good. Kind of disrespectful, huh, Jean? He had not yet decided the best place for it to stand, and it was temporarily forgotten. During the evening, a card game was started in the dining room, and in the excitement of the play, Jean pushed his chair back from the table and swung his arm to emphasize some point he was making in an argument over the game. His fist smashed against St. Anne, and broke off her finger. Oh, boy. The next morning, he was astonished to see a red liquid form and drop from the broken wooden stump of the statue's finger. The red drops continued to fall slowly and rhythmically. Jean Salade ran to call his neighbors. About 30 people rushed to witness this phenomenon. The red drops fell at the rate of about one a minute for a period of about half an hour. The village doctor, Jean-Louis Monner, was called and he collected some of the liquid and took it to the local pharmacist to be analyzed. After making the tests, the chemist reported that the fluid was, in fact, human blood. So far, church authorities have not commented upon this phenomenon. X-rays have been taken of the statue, but no definitive results have been announced to date. Many hundreds of visitors from all over France have come to the Hotel Duvar to look at the statue. The newspaper Nice Matin published a possible explanation of the phenomenon. The account quoted a Mrs. J. Duval of Radio Innsbruck, Austria, who stated that such wooden statues were carved in the Austrian Tyrol almost 200 years ago. During the making of these religious statues, sometimes the workers in piety as a sacrifice inserted a small amount of blood, usually their own, in a tiny tube within some portion of the statue. <laughs> This small tube of blood was usually put into an arm or perhaps in this particular case in a finger of the statue as it was being made. However, no evidence of such a glass tube has been reported and apparently nothing con concrete supports this theory. Also, just a little side note here. So let me just make, make sure I got this straight and make sure that we're all on the same page here. 200 years ago. Yeah, exactly. We didn't even have penicillin. Yeah. And we've got people carving statues with glass tubes of their own blood in there just in case. Dude, my give me a break. my immediate give me a reaction when you said that was like this is a, this is a okay. this is a leap. This bleeding statue shows Saint Anne with the child Mary reading a book at her feet. It stands about four feet high. Jean Louis Cigar, wealthy 
a wealthy naturalized Brazilian claims the statue was actually sold illegally from his collection and is worth thousands of dollars. Now, remember this guy, this other guy, bought it for $3.50. Always keep a keen eye when you're marching around an antique Although, God, I love those stories. Yeah, I know. That's cool. Like the Jackson Pollock found in like... Oh, yeah. Bought for like a dollar or, or something like that. Another religious statue which has drawn crowds of hundreds of thousands of people in recent months is one of the Virgin Mary in Syracuse on the island of Sicily. Antonia Gusto, 26-year-old, was in a room in a squalid hut in the so disrespectful mm. hut in the dusty Sicilian town recovering from an epileptic fit in August 29th, 1953. She felt drops of water fall upon her face. Looking up, she saw tears running down the face of the garishly painted terracotta image of the Madonna, which stood above her bed. This image is only of the head and shoulders of the Blessed Virgin wearing a white veil and blue mantle and is similar to thousands mass-produced in central Italy. Antonia called her family. Angelo Gianuso, now Antonia's husband, and Antonia's mother and aunt rushed into the room. The historical girl pointed to the weeping statue. All of them fell on their knees while Antonia knelt on the bed praying. When neighbors came to investigate the commotion, they also witnessed the tears of the Madonna raining down. Excited townspeople invaded the house, fighting and pushing their way just to see this miracle. So it looks like a doctor or two doctors, a chemist, and the police came to investigate and take a sample of these quote unquote tears which stopped falling on the next day, September 1st, 1953. Now, did uh, did they say what blood type that was? Not yet, pal. They're human tears, first off. Oh, the tears. Per, um, yeah, I know we kind of moved away from, from blood, but it's in the same, you know, article. I figured we might as well talk about statues crying, too. The liquid containing traces of sodium chloride, which is salt for those of you paying attention, mm-hmm. corresponds to the composition of human tears. For four days following the miracle, Antonia could not eat. But since that time, she has no more epileptic fits. Mm. So on Christmas Day that same year, 1953, Antonia actually had a son. And she said that she had always dreamed that her son would be born on Christ's birthday. The image has been taken from Antonia's room and now stands in a hastily built altar in a neighboring square. There's a growing mound of crutches, leg braces, and casts heaped about the square where they have been cast by persons claiming miraculous cures. Pretty interesting, man. Yeah, that's fascinating. We'll return after these messages. America's future can be determined by our dreams and our visions. It was very intense, For over 200 years, there have been reports of giant man-like creatures. From another dimension, another world, I don't know. The most intriguing mystery on the North American continent. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. Once you start looking into this, it's it's everywhere. I mean, from, you know, uh, like statues of and statuettes of Jesus, you know, their brow would bleed, the wrist would bleed, the feet would bleed. There was one in 1992 where a woman named uh, Olga Rodriguez had a Virgin Mary statue in Santiago, Chile, or Chile, that it 
would bleed from its eyes and people would all, you know, it kind of became a thing where people would come and see it. They ended up calling the like criminal investigation department and they took samples. And this is what I was asking earlier about like the blood type because this one and then there's several others that are similar to this. They all come back as type O blood. Weird. Which is which is something I've never thought of until we started talking huh. about the yeah. house, you know, that that bled or whatever. But I wonder if there's something to that, you know. Man, that's real weird. Yeah. And this is this is like a lot of the Virgin Mary statues, any sort of, you know, like statues of like saints. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of at least in the modern age. I mean, obviously back in like the fifties and stuff, like they they probably would have maybe done a test to just see if it was blood, but like, you know, seeing like blood type and stuff was probably a little more rare than than like in the you know, in the nineties and stuff. Yeah. But, but I mean, I heck, back in the 50s, they probably just reached their finger down there and licked it. Yeah, right, right. You know? Definitely blood. Yeah, this tastes yeah. like blood. This one was in 1920. It's known as the Bleeding Statues of Templemore. Mm. The year 1920 was one of the most violent in Ireland. The British government had outlawed the Sinn Féin, the Irish nationalist movement, and the Dáil, the Irish Assembly. And the nationalists were now waging a fierce guerrilla war with the authorities, especially against the infamous black and tan troops sent to restore order. We're talking bombings, burnings, murder, terrorism, hanging, bloodshed Mm -hmm. were typical during that time. On August 15th, the town hall at Templemore County Tipperary. Oh, dude, I think I visited that area. Mm. Too bad I didn't know about this then. Cool. No, no. Anyway. It was burned down and several other buildings were destroyed as the violence continued. Six days later, all the religious statues and pictures in the homes of Thomas Dwan and his sister-in-law, Mrs. Mayer, began to bleed simultaneously. Mm. News of the miracle spread through the surrounding countryside and the initial trickle of pilgrims increased to hundreds. Special excursion trains from Dublin, uh, were organized to Templemore, and Thomas Cook Travel Agency inquired uh, if the local inns would accommodate 2,000 pilgrims. Similar inquiries came from the U.S., South Africa, and Japan, and even one group of pilgrims came from India. There was a sea of tents dubbed Pilgrimsville surrounding Templemore on all sides. Mm. Oh, wow. In the mayor's house, there was a teenager named James Walsh who uh, lived there, okay? In the floor of his room, A hollow the size of a teacup, miraculously filled with water from an unknown source. Pilgrims took gallons of it away with them. I've heard of it. But always the water replenished. Yeah. I found one. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it said that it it was estimated that by the time the statues had stopped bleeding roughly a month after they had begun, uh, close to a million people had visited Templemore. Wow. I was just going to say, you can read more about that in the Complete Books of Charles Fort, page 585 through 588. Yeah, dude. He man, Charles Fort's amazing. It's just all this kind of high strangeness stuff. I did read up and find that it says like, I guess one of the most modern cases of a, like a bleeding statue happened, which this is interesting, in Akita, Japan, where a statue of the Virgin Mary would weep, perspire, and bleed from the right hand in what appeared to be a cross-shaped wound. The case passed rigorous investigations by local scientists. 
the local diocese authorities and the Vatican itself. The phenomena were associated with the stigmata and the three apparitions of the Virgin Mary received by a deaf Japanese Roman Catholic nun. Boy, that is a a deaf Japanese Roman Catholic nun, Sister Mm -hmm. Agnes Sasagawa. Oddly enough, guess what blood type was? You're kidding me. Nope. Typo, baby. No freaking way. But this, but, but, this but is a job. This like is tears. This is, oh, so it's like blood tears. Yeah, yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. This one and the one from the the lady in Chile. It's like, yeah, ble- like the tears, like bleeding tears. Dude, that's so weird. Yeah. Which I mean, typo. The stigmata stuff is is fascinating. I mean, that's like a. The only that's thing a whole is, another, that's, like, that's like a. Yeah, it's it's like an old school. It's uh, something that I've always. Now that we're kind of like that, like moving in that direction a little bit. Let's not go too far. Okay. What I'm saying is it is something that I've equal parts been fascinated with mm-hmm. and then also easily sort of um and admittedly um me too. unfairly dismiss it. Dude, I've exact same for me. It's yeah. like it's literally 50/50 for me in terms of interest and just like oh, so fake. Like, yeah. oh man, this piece of toast has the virgin mary on it. Yeah, you, you know that kind of stuff, but there are people that like. I mean, dude, they take this stuff so seriously. And then when I was a kid, for some reason, I always there was always this element of sort of fear associated with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was kind of like ooh, scary. Yeah. Whereas like the the folks that take this stuff so seriously, they consider it more miraculous and not. Uh, it's not a nefarious thing. It's more just like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a miracle, and it's you know. Which I, that kind of I think for me the 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 part of it that I've always been a little dubious of is like it's like I, I believe like the the girls that you know claim they saw like like uh, like Fatima and like yeah. um, you know these miraculous statues and stuff it's like like these consecrated items like I've always like thought they were fascinating but there's also a, with a lot of these cases where you find that like, oh, well, you know, it came out years later that it was really, you know, a nun that was doing it or a or a monk that was doing it to, mm-hmm. but he was doing it for, for the right reasons. But, you know, he, he was trying to like prove that like, you know, the miraculous was possible. Yeah. Hey, cool, man. You're trying to prove that it's possible by yeah. hoaxing people. Yeah. Oops. But then, it, but then at the same time, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe that within itself was disinformation. Maybe that was mm. just a debunking. Maybe, and you know the you know? thing is, I, I, I and we talked about this with uh, Joshua Cutchin mm-hmm. on our Christmas uh, episode slash season two finale. Yeah, baby. I think a lot of times there is this um, thought process that mm-hmm. is, you know, if one thing is fake in this mix of things that are happening, right. then all of them must be. Or the reverse, if one thing is true, then all of them have to be true. And I think there are some cases that are just fake as heck. And then there are some cases that are just like, man, what is going on here? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I mo- mean, even even things as simple as like crop circles, right? Oh, yeah. There have been people that, you know, they show how they did it and la da 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 mm-hmm. And then there's stuff that's like, yeah, but okay, let's go back to those mounds in like Brazil and yeah. the Native American stuff that they would like do from the ground, mm-hmm. create these like things that you can only see what they are from the air. The Nazca lines. You know what I think's going on there, dude? They're like, they've got these uh, familiars. 
like the medicine men of the tribe or whatever it is, mm-hmm. they're able to see through the eyes of the hawk, man. And they can see mm. what's going on there. That's one theory. Or they're able to just fly around anyway. I mean, as above, so below. Shapeshift. The... Maybe even shapeshift. Yeah, I mean, you could be right. Yeah. What do you think about all this, man? I mean, let's go back to the Winstons. Well, let me let me go backwards. So let me do the sort of religious kind of stuff first. I think that if we're, um, okay, so take like faith out of it, take sort of miraculous, like the divine, take all that out of it and just look at it on its face as like the people around it, like believing in it. You know, it's like the idea of like the tulpa and, you know, I know that's not like a, 100% like verifiable thing, but it's like, I don't know, the older I get and the more that we do this show, I I think that belief, and if this is something that we really got into with, with Joshua Cutchin, but I, I believe that like belief really can like, like change our reality. You know what I mean? I mean, and oh yeah. And I mean, you know, you immediately think of like the secret or, or, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like you, mm-hmm. but, but I do think that there is something to it. And I think that, I think like, so basically like this, like, I like the idea of, uh, here's a hypothetical situation. Say that you had an Abbey and you had a nun that snuck in one night and put tears on the Virgin Mary, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, then it drew... A crowd. They came the next day. Everybody came to Donations, see. Donations. They're putting. Well, yeah. Take all that out of it. But like <laughs> within a month, you had people making pilgrimages from other countries to see this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, say that the nun only did it that first day, but but all the people coming and this intense belief into it. Suddenly, now the nun is in real time bleeding like tears out of her eyes. It's that idea that like, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of these things were originally sort of like, like hoaxes or sort of like misidentified things, you know, maybe it was like rust or whatever, like we were talking about with those TikTokers and stuff. But it's like just the idea that like belief can really like alter these things in reality. And so I think... I, especially with like religious iconography and and stuff like that, where faith is pretty much like the linchpin of of the whole thing. You know, it's like the basis of of belief in your faith and and all that. So it's like it, it sort of goes hand in hand, and it's a perfect situation um, for that faith to manifest things in in reality. However, now getting to the Winston's home, I just don't. I just, I don't, like, as far as, like, motive and belief and, like, like something happening, whether it be, like, a Tulpa-type situation, I I have no answer for that because, mm. because it just completely came out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? There's also a lot of, like, because to me it's like, okay, well, in that specific situation, I think that we could say certainly one of a few things could be true so like in other words if it was 
the scorned daughter who doesn't like her parents anymore and wants to get all their money. Right. You know, she works at a hospital. Cool. Mm -hmm. The fact that the police, so if that's the police's theory, Mm -hmm. if I was a cop, what's the first thing I'm going to do? Oh, I'm going to go check to make sure there's no blood missing from the hospital. Right. So I imagine that they did that. I don't have that in writing anywhere. I, I, I don't know. I don't have the case file in front of me, but that seems like that would be the no-brainer first thing. If that's your theory, mm-hmm. then you're going to go check the hospital for missing blood. Right. Oh, there's no missing blood. Well, hmm, okay. So that starts to kind of like really fizzle out that theory. Well, then what's left? Well, I mean, that they did it themselves. Okay. For what purpose? They never made any money for it. They more than likely... So to me, like that's the first theory that, that gets thrown out mm-hmm. very quickly, them doing it on their own. Well, they they hated... It, like apparently it was said that that uh, the both of them, if they were like sitting on the front porch or whatever, and pe- they would see people walking up, they would they were known to yell, "There's no blood in this house, go yeah. away." Yep. So it so wasn't like, like an attention right thing, you know? right? This is a TikToker, right? So that gets thrown out. It, the the kids doing it, okay. Well, maybe there's a possibility there. I don't think it could have been stolen blood from the dialysis clinic. I don't think it could have been, you know, blood taken from the hospital. You know, yes, it was the '80s quote-unquote security protocols and log books, you know, were probably less sort of digitally stored and stuff. So, right. yeah, would it have been easier than it would have been today to kind of do that thing? Sure. But again, they weren't able to find any evidence of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then really, it's like, I mean, I, I, don't, I hate to be so definitive sounding, but like the only thing left really is some sort of supernatural cause. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, and... I don't know. It's just very interesting and just, oof, I don't know, man, just creepy, dude. Because I remember one time I woke up in early in the morning and, you know, it was like before I went to go work out or something. And one of the things that I do first is have a large glass of water and some coffee. So I went into the kitchen mm-hmm. and my foot splashed a ton of water. This is our old kitchen. And I was like, huh? I flick on the light and there's about like a half inch of water all over the kitchen. Now, it's not blood. It's not, you know, slime like in Ghostbusters 2, you know, the pink ooze stuff. It's oh. not anything like that. But yet still, the first thought in my mind, this was God, eight years ago or something. First thing is like, there's a bad guy here and they're trying to... The wet bandits. They're trying to get, the wet bandits are here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And And then after my, oh, I just woke up and that's the first thing that goes through my head kind of dissipates now my thought is okay now i gotta find the leak right right no matter what i'm just like my heart's just pumping and i'm like oh god i gotta shut off the water like what's going on imagine that except for that it's blood dude like i feel so sorry for these old folks man like that would be scary for anyone but with them it's just it makes me feel sad because i immediately think of my grandparents your grandparents you know, my in-laws, anybody that's older than us having to kind of like see that and, and get freaked out. And then again, there not being any sort of resolution. I mean, would you still live in that house? Uh, it's a hard no for me, dude. It's time to move. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just like. I'm oh, just crunching, just crunching while I talk. It's cough drop. It's the only thing saving me. <laughs> But it, the, I don't know, it's just the fact that they're like in their 80s. Like, yeah. I mean, you know that that was frustrating because it's like, you know, you're at a point where it's like, 
the 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 possibility of like move up and just moving at that point is just like mm. out of the question. You know. Yeah. yeah. I, I you know I do wonder though if I mean from the sound of it these people are you know good just average folks but I do wonder if like there is a part of me that feels like it's a little bit of a shame that like nobody was able to get in there and do some like some like testing or like yeah. or to see if like you know I mean you're in your 80s you're not you're not as like perceptive you're not as observant to maybe like some like poltergeist types you know sort mm-hmm. of events happening like I just I wonder if if there was more to it and they just right like maybe there's like an artifact in their home that we don't know about yeah right a charanga, charanga! <laughs> but yeah I, I I think I think as far as belief goes I think that could definitely play a role in like the stigmata stuff and and then you get into like the divine and demonic and like I mean, it's a, it's a crazy kind of thing, but with this story, I just, it's just high strangeness. It's like the Kentucky meat shower or, mm. or one of those weird situations where, you know. Now, is the Kentucky meat shower and the liver king like the same? <laughs> I think they're different, but you never <laughs> that know. That guy sucks. Yeah, that dude does suck. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations, hopefully, folks, you can tell why we just had to dive into it. Immediately, it makes me think of all the different things we've heard about similar to this, mm-hmm. similar to this since we've been, gr- you know, since we've grown up. Mm-hmm. You always hear about the statues, the 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 walls, the Simpsons Halloween special, mm-hmm. and the fact the that it happened right here in The Shining, right here in Atlanta, not too far from where we live, is yeah. just, it's just fascinating. And, and then again, I always come back to the fact that they test it it was human blood. It was typo. Yeah. We uncovered today yeah. that that typo, or at least uncovered for us, that typo blood is common amongst a lot of these situations. So before we go, my my thing is I'm going to ask the listeners, if you've heard of cases like this and or know of any, and you know, obviously there's tons that we didn't kind of bring up on the show, but if you are familiar with those and you can confirm that they're also type O or know of any sort of other connection with type O blood, man, yeah. reach out to us and let us know because that's it's it's pretty fascinating. Very fascinating, very weird. Yeah. I, 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 you know, before we go, I do think that the, the state crime lab director, Larry Howard, kind of had it right. He said, it could be a homicide. I don't believe it's a hoax, but this blood belongs to someone. So it's like, dang. Yeah, that's it. Just gets it gets back into sort of darker territory if you think of it that way. Like, you know, like like for example, um, and this is way far out there. This is just us throwing stuff. You know, two best friends just talking. But you know, the idea that like, okay, maybe like this Kentucky meat shower. For all we know, maybe our you know multiverses like sort of merged and. You know, there was a, a pasture full of cows, you know, similar to like the Manhattan Project where they said that once they phased into like other realities, like some of the the soldiers on the ship, the uh, SS Eldridge, you know, some of them, their bodies were fused into the ship and, you know, they died. And, you know, there's all those sort of crazy kind of like stories you hear. So like my thing is, is like if this is actually like blood. I mean, it doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to just 
just appear out of nowhere. So like mm-hmm. maybe it was a situation where, you know, a, a crowd of people, well, I guess it would have to be one person because it's it's just the type O, but like, you know, I don't know. Some, it, there's something that speaks to me about like this idea of like these possible sort of overlaps in like reality and like dimensions or whatever. And, and maybe... Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe like somebody's like cut in half because they're merged into like two dimensions and like in one dimension Yikes. it was, it's, it, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like some know. kind of gruesome thing happened in that parallel area. Right, right. And all you all you had left was like the blood that was sort of left from the guy. It, it's kind of like, you know, for all you like old school X-Men fans, it's like, you know, Nightcrawler would have to know exactly where he was teleporting because the, the danger was always, oh, well, I can, I can bamf, you know, into somewhere else. But if I don't know exactly where I'm teleporting to, I could teleport into a wall and I'm immediately dead, you know. Man, yeah. So it's like, I don't know, there's something about that that feels, uh, it just, it's so unexplainable. What a cool thing. Man. It is amazing. All right, dude. Well, if you guys would like to reach out to us, like Woody said, the best place to do it is that would be radpodcast.com. You can leave a five-star review on any of your podcatchers. You can listen to episodes. You can listen to episodes. You can do all kinds of things on there. You can reach out to us. But the best thing is you can leave a voice memo uh, directly from the site. So if you have your own story, your own urban legend, your own, you know, local legend or or something that's only in your little county or your little you know neck of the woods we would love to hear it and uh you know if you would like to leave a voice memo to us you know we can put some bad backing music to it and uh, we'd love to feature it on the episode if not you just want to tell your story you can contact us there or you can send it to that would be radpod at gmail.com as far as the social media route we're over on instagram where you can you know, talk to us in the comments. Let's get these conversations going. Let's like, let's talk about it. Let's, let's, you know, I want to hear everybody's thoughts about what this is, what, what's happening here, you know, and uh, shoot us DMs, buy us a coffee in our link tree, go buy some merch, all that good stuff that, that everybody says. More importantly, uh, and I don't think I've said this thus far in the new year, but hey, reach out to one friend, tell a friend about the show, Whatever podcatcher you're listening to, whatever platform, leave us a five star review. It, it it does wonders for getting us, you know, getting new ears on our show. And uh, I guess that's about it. Oh, uh, more most importantly is our Patreon, the Rabbit Trail. We're having a blast over there, and we have big big plans for it. And it's uh, it's just going to get bigger and bigger and better and better. Uh, so if that's something that you can do, we would love it and we would be greatly appreciative of uh you know your sacrifice to help us out on a monthly basis you uh you got anything else woody i think that's it man stay safe out there and definitely uh watch those walls watch those walls well we love you we appreciate you and as always be rad that's the way it
time where I just needed some sunshine You were already dead before you became a ghost You are